The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. like football you like football and that's why you and I are here on a Friday talking about Penn State football before they play UMass in the rain for homecoming so uh, I appreciate you being here today I'm gonna be here almost no matter what almost no matter what Um, (laughs) so we're talking about Penn State football versus UMass but this is more this is more about the things you want to know about your Penn State football team so um, please Enjoy as we talk about the five things that I'm looking for for Penn State football when they take on UMass. And this is going to get into the UMass offense and the defense. But it's really about, you know, what that's going to do to Penn State, how Penn State is going to be able to maybe give you some of those feel goods, even when you're not feeling so good. Um, I'm not a weather expert, as as Fitz said yesterday. I, I largely have no interest in it because I can't predict the weather for you. I know a lot of people are going to be talking about that today. That's a caveat to to start off the show. Um, we're not going to get into how the weather is going to affect all these things that we talk about today. You can make those adjustments in your mind yourself. Um, and, and I think that you, that's kind of an individual thing. I, I have no idea. We've seen Penn State be very conservative in the rain. So let's start off with that. Um, but this UMass team, I don't think you need to do that. I, I, I really don't. And I, and I, I'm, this is all going to be kind of that way, talking about UMass, so I apologize in advance. But these are the facts that I'm going to present to you today. By the way, I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Hope you're enjoying uh, our coverage this week from Blue White Illustrated. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends about the Friday Five Things as we get into what you need to know about Penn State and their next opponent each week. This is uh, my personal game preview and how I look at things, which is a lot of times through numbers, but it's backing up what I've seen on film. So we're going to get into everything today. Just wanted to start out by saying thanks for being here uh, to the people that are here in the chat. We're going to be talking to you um, throughout the show, just like Siwook uh, Chung. Uh, Hi, T. Frank. What's going on? Uh, nice tune-up game, says Robert Bosfield. Yes. Uh, just so you know, I have been watching film of Ohio State all week. Yes, I, I-, I watched more film on UMass than maybe I needed to, and maybe anyone would have wanted to, to bring you this today, but that is also my job. So let's get into it. And if you want to hang out in the chat, you want to have a conversation, we're going to be doing that throughout the show. Of course, at the end, we'll have an extended period where we can talk and I'm not dialed into the things I need to give you. That's coming up later, but throw in your thoughts and we'll get to them throughout the show. Let's get to number five. Number five. So the number five thing here is something I wrote over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com on Thursday. If you're watching this on Friday, that means that was yesterday. And this is uh, this is how the UMass offense thrives. There's some really crazy numbers here for this team. They rely on yak and explosive plays. K. Ron Lynch-Adams is their top running back. I had to do a double take. 
He has 44 broken tackles this year. He has made all kinds of players miss. It's an absurd number. It leads the country. And that's like, that's that's a wow sort of uh, a number. And it's not always correlated, but he also is leading the country in yards after contact. So tackling is going to be very important for Penn State because this is a very hard running back to tackle. And uh, Simpson, their, their top receiver, they've got a couple of good receivers. James Franklin highlighted this earlier in the week, but Anthony Simpson, 363 yards after the catch, that is sixth in America. So they are relying on their skill players to go get the football and make something with it after the catch. This is not an offense that uh, dials up a lot of... Um, chunk plays where the quarterback is doing a lot and we'll we'll talk about that in just a little bit but george johnson the third redshirt jr six foot 185 another good outside receiver they've got so this uh, this offense has some some good weapons to it and and we highlighted that in the article yesterday over at bluewayillustrated.com if you want to check that out but this team their skill players present i don't want to say a challenge but um a respectable opponent so tackling and and, and making sure you when you wrangle the ball carrier in the backfield, he doesn't get away. Because this offensive line, the, the other side of all of those broken tackles is that when you are that productive, that's great. Like, that is great. I'm not, I'm not, uh, full stop, that's awesome. But with this particular situation, their offensive line is good. I'm bang on average. Like, they do their job. They run a, a sound system. But the running back is doing a lot of work. They're not getting him easy looks into the second level where he is just running away from people. Now, I did watch one game against Toledo <laughs> where they had no safety in the middle of the field and one linebacker, and he ran for like 45 yards. So if you're going to do that, that's what you get. Um, so there is a little bit of a product here of level of play, but it's also... This is a guy who's a fifth-year running back in college football, played at Rutgers all the way back to 2019. So veteran. Um, they run a man-blocking system, so everything's pretty much downhill. That uh, they th These weird things crop up when you're watching film of this team. I saw them run trap blocks more than I've seen any other team run in college football. So they run some unique things. And trap. Uh, the trap system is like where you let a guy upfield from his most obvious blocker. You kind of let him take a step upfield, and then you wham him from the side uh, with an, another blocker, whether it's a tight end or another offensive lineman. Basically, you're trying to use his aggressiveness against him. Just a random thing I saw that they, they like to use some flavorful run blocking schemes, which for me keeps my eyes awake when I'm watching film. Uh, so appreciate them doing that. Um, <laughs> thank you. I was terrified. Uh, Siwook Chung says, your pronunciation of my name is super accurate. Uh, I hope that's not sarcastic. I, pr I I hope that's the case. I tried really hard, and I'm 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 obviously not fluent in a lot of different tongues. I I I'm not good in uh, <laughs> in pronunciation of names unless I've practiced them before. So, coming up with uh, explosive plays for UMass. Don't don't let them uh, don't sleepwalk through this game if you're the Penn State defense. There's nothing here that should scare Penn State fans that this is going to be, oh no, can the upset alert? I mean, if they came out and, and basically every single player did not care about the game, yes, um, this is a good enough team that couldn't score points, but they've lost five straight, I think. So um, respectable players, interesting stats. I always like finding league leaders, countrywide leaders in a stat to really tell a story. 
And what it really is, is uh, Lynch Adams is the engine that drives this offense. Simpson is a big play artist. And that is going to lead us into number four. Number four. The next thing is, uh, comparatively, is this the week that the Penn State running backs get their groove back? I'm very interested in this particular game because um, the defense for uh, UMass is not good. It is not, it's below average for any Power 5 team. It's below average for any non, you know, group of five team. This is a defense that allows a lot of explosive plays. So, not just the Penn State running backs, but the Penn State running backs in particular, because we had this conversation about them with James Franklin this week, talking about um, their instincts. And I want to preface this, he's not saying that um, they've coached the instincts out of these players, but there is an element of when a guy's in the hole, he can't be second-guessing himself. And he explained how that can happen uh, to running backs here. I think for the most part, if you're a good one, you kind of have that. You know, you either have that or you don't. And I think what Mike's talking about, too, is something that we have to be careful of as coaches is, you know, sometimes, you know, you can overcoach a running back. Uh, and I'm not saying we're doing that, but I think that's a little bit, you know, what Mike's talking about is, is those guys, they have an uncanny way of kind of seeing and feeling things that the average human being can't. So allowing those guys to trust that, I think sometimes if you, as the offensive coordinator or running backs coach or the head coach, if you're kind of questioning a running back's decision, you, what you don't want is for him to second guess himself in the hole. Just do what comes natural to him. He's been doing it his whole life. Um, and, and those guys have shown the ability to do that. So, you know, playing fast, playing aggressive, having fun, trusting your instincts and just going. So this is something that we've talked about here on the show a bunch of times, also in T. Frank's film room, on the postgame show, just the running backs kind of getting into a groove. And Eli nailed it. I feel like this game is where our running backs get a huge confidence boost. I'd like to see one of them hit a home run rush this week. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a possibility. And it, it, you know, we'll get into more of the explosive plays from the UMass defense in a little bit. But this is a good game to do that, where you've got some decent defensive linemen, um, they do some things up front that do gum up run schemes, but overall, if it's if it's raining, you might be relying on these guys pretty heavily. And uh, Jaywan Sider talked about this uh, with the media, spent almost a half an hour talking with the media the other day about the running backs, his position, and, and Greg Pickle wrote an awesome article over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com laying out the conversation Jaywan Sider had about the running backs. But one thing I've said here talking about explosive plays is the nature of the defenses that Penn State has seen has had something to say about where they were going to get their yards and how they were going to get their yards. And this week, it's a defense that plays a different style. And if you're going Northwestern, uh, Iowa, I would even say going back to Illinois for sure and West Virginia, these defenses have used particular styles of play that have... Um, limited the running explosiveness intentionally. And Penn State wants to rely on these guys, and Jay Wansider talked about how they've done some things in the run game that maybe it put some extra pressure or some unorthodox stuff that the, the running backs maybe weren't used to right away uh, and put them in those situations to, to go out and execute in the game. And it didn't result in explosive plays. It resulted in them grinding out victories, which is also a good thing. But again, 
Greg did a great job of covering that over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. I don't want to steal any of his thunder because there's a really good article. Ryan is here. He says, happy Friday. Nice to finally join a live show. Glad to have you, Ryan. Always appreciate our regulars coming in. Carrie says, good morning, T. Frank. Good morning, Carrie. Glad to have you here. Hope uh, everyone is having a good Friday. It is nice in State College right now. Uh, I know that's going to change as everyone filters in here. The last, It's interesting. The last couple of uh, games... Where Penn State's had a home game, it's been a big game. It's been beautiful from like Wednesday th- through Friday, and then Saturday the weather comes in. So not cooperating with uh, the football team and everybody's tailgating needs coming up. Uh, let's get to number three because this is where we really get into the meat of how this game is going to go. Number three. One of the reasons that James Franklin gave credit to the UMass offensive coordinator is they have generated a lot of explosive plays. I think he he listed them all out. You can go back and listen to it on our um, our uh, James Franklin press conference from Tuesday. It's right at the very beginning. Uh, they're tops nationally in explosive plays at 50 yards. They're pretty close to the top of the nation in 10 plus play uh, you know explosive plays. So they generate yards and big plays. And we already highlighted that their skill position players are the engine driving that. So let's get into the quarterback and talk about explosive plays. Because this is where I think the um, James Franklin and what he talked about with Tyshawn uh, Fumacon earlier, and I hope to God I, I said that name right. Um, that one, by the way, uh, if you look at it typed out, it is intimidating. <laughs> um, they generate explosive plays. And it's not necessarily because of the quarterback. The scheme and the system is getting these guys into open space. And the quarterback is generating big plays. But we always talk about the double-edged sword of what, what with, with big plays and potential turnovers. And this is where, again, you see the difference. The big-time throws here, 5.4%. That's a very good number. But when you look at turnover-worthy plays, only three interceptions for uh, Fumicon in the last couple of weeks. But... The times that he's put the ball into harm's way, 6.2%. So this is this is a feast for the Penn State defense. And I was a little bit, uh, intim- not intimidated, but I was a little bit concerned. My initial look at the UMass offense early in the week, before James Franklin's press conference, I looked at this team and I thought, man, this is my least favorite quarterback from an eyes and processing perspective. He is not in the right place he's not throwing with anticipation and he's throwing the ball to the defense they're just not catching it and then he then James Franklin comes out and praises their offense so we dig in a little bit more you see the explosive players you see the scheme that's generating these things Franklin talked about how this is an RPO heavy team uh very RPO heavy team and what that does is it simplifies the reads for the quarterback so this is going to be very important for Saturday on RPO plays Penn State's going to have a lot of one-on-one looks with their corners and the receivers for UMass. And we mentioned these are good, these are some good football players. If you let them go, they can get an explosive play. So UMass might get an explosive play. Um, but outside of those situations, if you're forcing this team into a third and long and uh, the quarterback has to read the defense, it's not great. So this is the total of turnover-worthy plays. These are plays that are fumbles, or these are plays that are should-be interceptions that the defense drops or uh, aren't able to corral. 16 between the two quarterbacks because 
Uh, Fumikon did miss a couple of games. He missed about four games, so he's the starter for the first game and then came back for a couple of games here. 16 Between the two quarterbacks, 16 turnover-worthy plays, that's a rate of 6.7%, which is basically top 25 among quarterbacks. You know, the, the team itself, that's bad. That is very bad. They're putting the ball in harm's way quite a bit. Um, it's not the main reason they leave, they're losing because their defense is really bad, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, this is where Penn State is going to be focusing on intercepting the football because it's going to be there for them. Balls that are behind the receiver on out routes. Bad decisions down the field trying to get a guy in one-on-one, and there's a safety there, and the quarterback doesn't see him and throws into double coverage. These are all opportunities for the defense. So when I say there's explosive plays no matter what, there's going to be explosive plays no matter what. Either UMass is going to get them or the Penn State defense is going to get some explosive plays because of the way and the style of these quarterbacks. And by the way, that's to I wanted to put this in comparison of Drew Allers put the ball in harm's way literally one time in five games. So there's a huge disparity in the turnover-worthy and the turnover margin in this game. Penn State should, if they can get one, you know, be plus, and then, you know, that can snowball a game for for this particular team. And again, all of these things, we're diving deep into UMass, and I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you hanging out with me on the show. We are, we're talking about UMass, and uh, John Button says, oh, the elusive explosive play, right? So here we go again, talking about explosive plays. Yes, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> he says, I propose a moratorium on using those two words together for a while. It's just unfortunate, John, because I agree. I absolutely agree with you, but I am a slave to following the facts, and the facts in this game are that Penn State should get some. So hold on, John. We're going to get to more of it just here <laughs> in just a second. Going into Number two. He literally beat me to the punch. Explosive plays. Even more explosive play talk. So um, my wife has told me that I tend to talk a little too high in the... Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't explain enough when it comes to maybe some of the intricacies of football. So I tried to put together a graphic today for people watching on the YouTube to see what I'm talking about when I say that um, UMass runs a lot of too high systems. And previously, I have lumped all too high structures into this particular conversation. But after talking to James Franklin and learning a little bit more about how they classify things, quarters, which is four players in deep coverage, you know, one, two, three, four. And that defense is a little bit different in college, especially, than other cover two style systems, let's say. So let me explain cover two. And this is where we're going to start. Uh, cover two is a type of defense where, as you can see here on the screen, you have two deep safeties and you have five underneath coverage defenders. You're trying to take away short plays while also keeping a lid on any explosive passing plays. What happens, and this is where I'm uh, focusing this week, is that when you play cover two, you leave the middle of the field open by the natural separation of all of the players because the you are asking those two deep safeties to essentially cover half of the field. Now, that middle portion that you see that's circled by the yellow golden circle, that's where I think Penn State is going to try and attack this week. Uh, in a lot of systems, cover two systems, you'll use your middle linebacker to drop into a deep 
coverage area to try and split the difference there. So he's he's the middle defender in the inside, and essentially he has the entire alley of the defense down the middle of the football field. A UMass linebacker trying to cover 30 yards of grass is a problem for that defense. And it has led to a lot of explosive plays. So the UMass defense has given up 49 explosive plays this year. That is more than any other team in college football, FCS or FBS. They have given up so many big plays. I turn you turn on the film. You can Arkansas, by the way. Uh, here, just there's there's so many stats. I just can like puke stats at you. Arkansas State averaged 15.6 yards per pass attempt against this defense. So when they threw it. Uh, they when they got an explosive play, they got 15 yards per pass attempt. They were 15 of 15 on explosive plays. I would not be a surprise at all if Penn State is able to attack the middle of the field, which is something they have not done so far this season. So, John, I, I am sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are talking about explosive again, uh, explosive plays again. He's I'm calling it read between the lines. We haven't seen nearly everything in the arsenal yet. And I think... You'll be right, John, that we'll see some things that we haven't seen before, but it's also because you're seeing a defense that Penn State hasn't seen before so far this year. So if we look at all, and, and this is, I'm going to try to break this down again, if we look at all these two high structures that Penn State has seen this year, most of them have been quarters defenses. West Virginia ran a lot of quarters with cover three as an influence, so either four or three deep defenders, which are different, but you can rotate between the two. That's why they're important. A lot of teams will run those two because you can just drop a safety down and it's easier to disguise those. Um, then you look at Northwestern and then Delaware, which ran five guys in deep coverage at certain times, um, and uh, Iowa. So all of these teams have run this particular quarter-style defense. There's This seems to be something that teams are doing a lot of. This team does not. And I'm going to be writing about this a little bit later uh, this week over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, some of the factors that go into this. But if you add up all of those cover two influences, that's what this team runs. So they're running more of that than they are of cover four or the Don Brown special. Don Brown, the former defensive coordinator at Michigan. James Franklin, long history with him, back to Maryland. Don Brown is known for uh, a lot of aggressive man coverage that allows either explosive plays or you get nothing. A little bit like Manny Diaz. Um, but what they do up front is they do a lot of three-down, four-down shifting. So they either have three defensive linemen or four defensive linemen. So that is going to gum up, I think, a little bit of the perception about the explosive run plays. They do a little bit better job of not allowing explosive run plays but the sacrifice is guys are just running wide open down the field, down the seams. When they run cover one, it's also not good. When they run man coverage, that is, is not great. Um, so bombs away is, is what I'm thinking for this game. And then let's get into the number one thing that's going to influence that. It's Penn State offense. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Number one. Again, we're talking about Ohio State, right? 
We're talking about Ohio State. So before you get to Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State, let's get a weapons check for this team. Um, Keandre Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace on the field at the same time as Drew Aller. We saw it for two games, and then we didn't see it since then. So most likely, the idea coming into this game is we're going to see this trio on the field together and let's put this in perspective let's let's put some numbers to how this has worked for the Nittany Lions so far and it's the problem I have with this is this is very small sample size stuff snaps with both of these guys on the field at the same time 55 passing attempts from Drew Aller so the influence not just each guy's target but the influence of having them both on the field at the same time exactly 55 pass plays through the first two games West Virginia went great Delaware, conservative, but accurate from Aller. Without Trey Wallace, they've had 111 passing attempts. And the splits between the two, this is what I'm going to be writing about later. Because, whoo-hoo, they are not great. It is not a great comparison without Trey Wallace on the field. But again, this is UMass. So, are you going to believe what you see if Drew Aller has a good day? And does it matter... I think it's, again, the nature of how they execute. Uh, no missed assignments. Catch the football, even in the rain. I think the rain stuff, I hope, <laughs> you you expect a little bit, right? So maybe like a percentage under 10% of dropped balls, slipping, things like that. Penn State ground screw is excellent. I, should, I wouldn't expect that the field turf or the, the, the grass is an issue. It would be more of the ball slipping out of receivers' hands. Trey Wallace has, in the time, had some drops issues. Is that going to be an issue this week? Are we going to see anything better? And what's the overall effect of having both of those guys on the field at the same time? What can we learn from that against UMass, who is not good in pass coverage, heading into a game against Ohio State? That's going to be the thing I'm looking for the most. Not only that, but Catron Allen being on the field at the same time, going all the way back to the run game, I think we have a certain feeling about the Penn State run game because Catron Allen didn't play in the second half against Northwestern. Early in the season, I talked about this a couple of times here on the show and on the postgame show, I felt like he was pressing, trying to, early in the season, all these guys wanted to live up to the offseason hype. And also, they just want to do a good job, right? They want to be productive. They want to help the team. And it felt like early on the season, Catron was pressing a little bit. And then after the, about the third game, that was over. Like, he played very well against Iowa, in my opinion. And then you look at the Northwestern game. They come out, and Northwestern is doing some different things early, and Penn State has to adjust. But when Penn State adjusts, Catron Allen's not in the game. So I think it'll be pretty cut and dried for him. Some of the consternation about feel, explosiveness, natural vision, and, and just playing a little bit loose, that's really coming down um, to Nick. And I, I think Nick Singleton is able to overcome that. I think that's really where we're going to see some of that feel-good stuff from, from Singleton. Allen, I'm, I'm predicting a pretty uh, dependable performance from him. So that, Frank, is kind of the conversation, is Allen healthy? I can't say 100%, but I can tell you he has been a full participant in practice over the last two weeks. We've observed him going through every single drill that they've done. So... Um, that's where I would say, yeah, whatever happened against Northwestern, the presumption, kind of the working theory is that maybe he had a stomach bug or he wasn't feeling good, like kind of sick as opposed to injured. 
I have I have nothing to to back that up. That's just kind of the prevailing theory. But yeah, that's that's another part of this whole have your full arsenal of weapons going into the game, effectively use them, then get out. That's what you want in this game from the Penn State offense, and I think that's entirely um, I think that's entirely doable. So when it comes down to this particular game, all things equal, no rain, no concern about outside factors or health. I would say Penn State could could in optimal circumstances, the defense gets a couple turnovers. They could co- they could score 70 in this game. That's how I view this particular defense. That's what I see from the quarterback for UMass and the scheming up of big plays. I think that can work against the third or fourth team, but this defense is too good. This defense, Manny Diaz, they are, uh, Johnny Dixon said it earlier this week, and I tend to agree, Manny Diaz is a genius. It's just about whether or not what he draws up is you're able to execute against this team. There's no, there's no doubt they can execute. So uh, three points is where I would say maybe they get one explosive play that goes for 25 yards, sets them up for a field goal. And then Penn state, if their offense is clicking and their defense gets a couple turnovers. Yeah. I would say they could, they could score 70, but with all of those unknowns and, and basically I'm talking to you about the spread here without talking to you about the spread, because I genuinely am an ignorant person when it comes to, to betting. Um, I wish Ryan was available to do best bets because he has a way better feel on that. Um, but from an X's and O's perspective, Penn State could and should drop 70 this this week. I think that's what they should be able to do, but we haven't seen. That's the kind of the point of this game and this first part of the season, these first six games. We haven't seen a complete performance totally just yet the running game in week one not explosive but the passing game was since then nothing has really been popping you know so are they going to get things popping on homecoming in their in their uh, generations of greatness uh, jerseys so we'll see i i think that's going to be something interesting to see um from this game gil alvarez says and this is what john has been talking about in the chat um John, let's start here with this. I'll take a win, please. Style points matter little. And then Gill says, grind it out. Explosive plays uh, without the win don't get you into the playoffs. Guys, I, I I appreciate what you're saying. And I guess let, let, me, let me phrase it this way so I can agree with you because I like to agree with people. Um, there is a school of thought. Do not put anything on film. Let Ohio State be blind to what you can do so that you go into next week and you can uh, your full playbook, the arsenal. I know John was talking about this um, earlier in the uh, in the chat about um, wanting to save some things for future opponents. So there is an element of that. And John says, and I think we'd all take that over explosive plays. Uh, I, I disagree, John. I think that you have bought into this year's style, and I appreciate you doing that, but everyone loves explosive plays. There's literally a phrase, chicks dig the long ball. Uh, so I think that there are, there, there's a certain percentage, and, and John, I would, hear, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would bet some money, not a lot amount, not, not a large amount, but just I would be confident to say, that if Penn State scores on four 70-yard plays, you're not going to be mad about that either. Uh, so 
if you got any other questions you want to talk about some of these things in the chat appreciate that appreciate john and gill having the conversation a little bit of pushback here about does penn state need explosive plays this is the whole conversation about balance and gill gill and john you're, you're pushing me into a good area to talk about this james franklin does not believe balance is 50 runs 50 passes and if you get 100 plays in a game you're doing great anyway balance is having the keys to win no matter what and this is something that's very hard i wanted to ask him about this early in the week i just he's what they're striving for of true balance having being able to adapt to any situation and any environment how many how many teams can do that how many teams can run 12 personnel effectively grind it out like you guys want to see and not put the ball in the air and get some easy chunk plays because it's hard what they have been doing and james franklin has talked about this as well they have learned to do some hard things early in the season of putting together drives it's hard for the offensive line to block perfectly on a run play it's hard for them to block adequately on five or six consecutive run plays without getting some of those um good opportunities the reason explosive plays are important is because it ups your chances of scoring because putting together 10 plus plan 10 plus play drives is very hard they have been good about that. That's the that's the point of Drew Aller, is they have learned to do something that's difficult. But in the future, they are going to have to learn a different style of playing and show that balance of it's not, we're not going to be Michigan circa 2019 where we are going to use our manliness to beat you uh, or Iowa or whatever, Wisconsin, whatever team that is run-centric from the 2000s that have a throwback style. You need to be able to, and the fatal flaw of those teams was they could not, when they faced another team that was able to get points on their defense, they could not match like for like. And that's why everyone's obsessing about this. That's why we've talked about this, because James Franklin leads the conversation about we need to get better in that percentage of how many times we hit a big play uh, over the course of the season. Literally, you're, you're tired of hearing explosive plays. James Franklin, the phrasing of explosive plays, it's not uh, incumbent on him. That came from somewhere else, but that's how he phrases it. The media reflects what he's talking about. The problem is, it's just been blinding reflection. It's been so much talk about it. But that's why it's important. It's because later in the year, to be that truly balanced offense that can score points, can grind it out, can be tough, gritty, and I guess if you want to call explosive plays, be finesse, you want to strive for that balance and that's the thing is very few teams have it this team the penn state football team that you're watching in 2023 they have the potential to do that nick singleton is a dynamic athlete unleashing him is a part of the conversation keandre lambert smith is explosively fast down the football field he can play inside he can play outside trey wallace is an untapped potential of contested catches leaping ability speed physicality and size getting all these guys to play together they don't have a marvin harrison jr none of these guys really rise to that level but they do rise to dangerous threats that can bring the balance and maybe i'll just kill the word balance for you as well how about we do that i'll just make balance the one you don't want to talk about going forward because that's really what this is about they have the potential to be that they've learned the hard thing they have learned how to be consistent now can they take that next step and this umass team going all the way back to what we're talking about and putting this back up here on the show th this is a game they should get them and if they don't 
there is a yes that's a concern because arkansas state toledo new mexico were able to get explosive plays on this defense if penn state football isn't able to do that like auburn did there is a lingering concern and it is not unfair to point that out it is not uh it's not to be dismissed because if they can't do it against this team that is giving you the middle of the field that's why i wanted to break this down that's why i wanted to talk about umass today if they're giving you the middle of the field and you can't or don't take it to me that that's schematically personality from the quarterback all of these things about the offense i think that's a concern i think if you can't attack and bring again we're talking about balance again if you can't attack every part of the field effectively with a strong-armed quarterback who is accurate and decisive wherever the wherever in the chain of decision making from play caller down to the guy throwing the football whatever's broken in that area it might be broken like it might not be a part of this offense and if it's not that does set a limit on what this team is capable of in the long run where it's 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 they're going the hard way about this this offense the way that they're they're uh attacking teams they are going the long way round and they don't necessarily want to do that in every single game you want to be able to do that you want to be able to impose your will etc etc but you also want to be able to do other things and uh and that's really i think that's really the end of of my thoughts about this um i think it brings a good focus to this game that's why we're focused on that this week because it's easily attainable for this group and hopefully it produces a fun and exciting atmosphere for you the other thing it's the danger of this and here's the other danger and this is an only a danger for me is that um if they do score 40 points in the first half or 35 points in the first half and it's 3 30 you want to go grocery shopping or something or else like by the time the game is over you're going to be doing other stuff and i would love it if you just come back for five minutes for the for the post game show i'm here here's my fear my fear is that we i'm doing a post game show no matter what right um and it's me and maybe john comes back just to tell me i told you so right so he he comes back and he wants to tell me i told you so i will be so happy if that happens john i hope you're here i would love to have everyone here for the show um but i understand it's umass i just want to make sure we have a good conversation about the game how it broke down how things went um afterwards and we're going to be doing that live at the conclusion of penn state and umass coming up in just a little bit so thanks to everybody who's been here in the chat thanks to everybody who's participated that's what i got today and i think john is uh he's 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 really in he's really deep in it today and uh we've covered his thoughts so if you've got any other thoughts, like I'm giving you about 30 seconds here to drop them in uh, for a different thread of conversation. But the chat seems to be like that's we've covered that today. Uh, Rob says we've scored 30 points or more uh, more times in a row than anyone in FBS. The offense is fine. Okay. All right. That's entire. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's so I focus on a lot of these these little details, right? focus on a little of these details i spent uh six to seven hours eight hours maybe getting all this information watching all the film bringing you these this this breakdown right and it is entirely within your right 
to be like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so that'll do it today for the BWI live show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Thanks, everybody who participated. Uh, we'll be back with more detailed breakdown of UMass. Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive tackle, coming up with me tomorrow. Uh, I think 12.30 is our time, but don't quote me on that because I haven't, I haven't, uh, I'm a one day at a time kind of guy. Not even a one week at a time, one or no, I'm a one day at a time kind of guy. So we'll have that all for you coming up tomorrow, three hours before kickoff. More talk about Penn State football and where we're going with this team. We'll talk to you then.